Welcome to foreverfit.tv, your online source for fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle. With your host, Nicola Riley, personal trainer, nutrition, and lifestyle coach, here to help you get in the best shape of your life. Hey, welcome to foreverfit.tv. I'm Nicola Riley, here to help you find real health and wellness with this show here. And today I've got a very cool guest, Vicky Kelly. Now she is um, renowned for the pay attention effect and she's had over 20 years experience of mindfulness training. And this is um, where she helps people harness the power of paying attention in their everyday life and helping them just fulfill what, what their dreams are and getting to their goals. And we discuss... Um, a whole a whole lot of incredible things but one of the powerful things to talk about is how to like stay focused on your goals how to um start with exercise how to find and muster up the motivation to exercise how to resist those cravings how to like stop yourself from eating too much or overeating and just learning how to pay attention to what it is that you really want and we go into all sorts of things about um, goal setting, um, the three-second kiss, the power that this have has, and just learning to bring yourself into the present moment so that you're able to just be really aware of what you're doing because we live in such a distracted world that we're constantly multitasking and um, multitasking isn't something that you can actually do. There's studies out there today proving that um, multitasking is something that um, it's just meaning you're doing a whole lot of tasks not very well. So we go into detail about this and it's just a really wicked episode. I could have talked to her for hours. So really cool. And she's also actually coming to Tauranga this weekend to talk at TEDx. So if you are in Tauranga and you want some real um, insightful mindfulness um, information, make sure you head along to that as well. So before I pass over to the interview, I just wanted to let you know all the things that have been going on. So inside the online gym this week, we are cruising into week number three. And this is, um, we are doing a whole lot of still strength training, doing um, our hip workouts and then we've got the yogas are starting to be a little bit longer and we're also pulling in some nice long run training as well and some sprint training. So all in the efforts to just help you get in the best shape of your life so that you can um, do whatever it is that you want. So you might want to train for some running event or you just might want to feel fantastic when you're playing with your kids or just feel great at work or you might be wanting to let go of the weight. And so there's those brand new workouts that are in there this week. The hit is using um, no equipment and it's just a really short, it's only 12 minutes long, so really simple for you to be able to do in your living room and just get that body feeling awesome. And then the extreme, the extremes are um, generally like they're a harder workout, they combine like Olympic moves where you can use dumbbells or barbells and you're using, getting your, working your body a whole lot harder. So one of those this week and then that really nice yoga workout. And I have personally just done a yoga this morning and I'm sipping here on my green tea as I am talking to you and I'm just absolutely loving yoga. Just It's such an incredible thing to um, make yourself uh, focus, so paying attention and just bringing yourself into the moment and sometimes we don't um, give yoga enough credit 
and I think it's just such a powerful thing for you to do and start to bring into your life. So I'm really excited because we're starting to do the filming for this yoga retreat that we've got coming up in August, which is going to be really cool. And that's all going to be in the online gym, so you can do that at any time. You don't have to start at the same time as we all do on August the 11th. It'll be there any time and you get all the meditations, all the yoga workouts, food, nutrition, everything just to help you rejuvenate and refresh that body and make it feel really good. I've also been going loving the cooking. I have days when I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to cook anything. And then other days when I'm just, I go crazy and I pump out about six recipes. So we are getting... Um, Oh, it's almost near the end of the July, so I've got about <laughs> three weeks left of this recipe book cooking for my own wee deadline I created. And our recipe app is really, really, really close to being ready too. So watch out for that on the website. That has um, been a long time coming. We've been building that recipe app for, I think it's almost been two years <laughs> since we started. So it's becoming... Um, it's getting very close to being finished, so I'm really excited about that and can't wait to be able to help you just create really healthy food for your yourself and for your family. And your, this recipe app's a fantastic tool to be able to do that and use that to help to help it, and it's on your iPhone or your smartphones. So before I go on any further, I'm going to pass you over to this interview, and I hope you enjoy it. Hey, welcome to the show, Vicky Kelly. It is absolutely awesome to have you on the show. Now, why don't you start by telling listeners who you are, what you do, and how did you get into all of this? Hey, Nicola, thanks for having me on the show. I've just been hearing all about uh, the amazing things that you're doing, not only locally, but globally. I love I love the idea of, of what you're creating in terms of a that that holistic view on helping people in their home i know as a as a busy mom and a, a working mom there are times when i just can't get out and about to do the activity or the exercise that i need and and being able to have things that you can do in the home is a really yes it's a, it's a great a great resource so i i hope that you've got lots of people out, out there who are doing their their home based stuff with you which is really uh where I came from was I worked, have been working in as a meditation trainer for the last 15 years plus and in the realm of, of positive psychology for the, you know, for much of that time. And so I, I come at the intersection of where science meets tradition when it comes to particularly mindfulness training. And a number of years ago, I was fortunate enough to be asked to be a, a mind coach for the Downsize Me program, which is a TV program based in New Zealand. And it was sort of a reality program for people who had chronic um, eating and exercise problems that had them in a life condition of not being as healthy or as slim as they would love. And so I was the mind coach there. And what I stumbled across at that time was, and I think you would agree, Nicola, that most people who have a chronic situation of a life condition like that, they know more about what they need to do than most of the professionals that they hang out with. Would you agree? Totally. Yep. <laughs> yeah, because they've sort of been through all the diets and all the all the um, you know the exercise programs, and they seem to know exactly what to do. But it's just getting them to be attentive enough to make the choices in the moment, and especially in those moments when we're in stress or overwhelm or total distraction. And so, I I thought that if I could get people paying attention and just waking up and being mindful for long enough, 
they would just naturally make better choices. And so we, I, I developed some processes uh, around breathing and pausing and just some of sort of the, the mindfulness cornerstones and we began to apply them. And what we found over a number of months in working with these people is first and foremost, they their attitude turned around and, then, and instead of being controlled by their life condition, they started to realise that actually they could turn this thing round. And the second part of that was through particularly the breathing processes, and it wasn't until afterwards that I learnt the science behind the breathing processes, but weight particularly around their midriff, around their tummy area, just began to fall off them without necessarily, they hadn't necessarily made any real um, dietary changes or lifestyle changes as such, but they introduced this breathing technique as part of their mindfulness practice. And so that got me researching and, and looking into and studying the short form mindfulness. And as a result of that, now that's all I teach for corporates and individuals is um, a short a short form mindfulness in the moment. So essentially it's called the pay attention effect. It's being able to strengthen your pay attention muscle through mental sit-ups, if you like, uh, and they take just a moment. Some of them take three or four seconds. You've got a um, saying on your well, thing about one minute can change anything. Can you explain what this means? So that's that's the one minute can change anything is that, that if you can uh, basically pause, unplug from your life, connect with a kindness, which is a cornerstone of mindfulness, and then exchange and rest your awareness in this moment. And you can do that in, in a minute or less. You can do it in five seconds if you need to. You just, by paying attention, you remove yourself. You call and liberate energy back from the past and the future, which is where we tend to spend most of our lives. You call it back to this present moment. And when we're mindful, when we're paying attention, truly paying attention, we just naturally make better choices. And we've... I know that because I've seen it, I see it every day, and I know that most of your listeners will know that because they've experienced it. On those days where you can take on the world, it seems like nothing would rock you, that's when you're more mindful, you're in that pay attention moment, you're liberating energy in a powerful way rather than letting um, energy be dragged out of you into thinking about the past or thinking about the future, you're able to call energy back to the present moment and that can be done in a minute or less and in fact was it's the birthplace this this short form mindfulness is the birthplace of the three second kiss and the three second hug which is what um i, I tend to be most most um popular for out there in in the in the realm of corporate and and individual world I love that. Because so, we're in a we're in a world that's getting more and more distracted, and multitasking is seen as, you know, a badge of honour. Can you explain why this is not something? You know, we kind of want to pull back from this and be like, and bring our focus yeah, back it's, to it's, more simple. It's so it's so interesting, Nicola. Multitasking, it's sort of that, and badge of honour. I think is. You've used a great term for it. We see, you know, like we can be really busy and if you want something done, give it to a busy person. It seems to be the the mantra out there and particularly um, in, you know, in the corporate world, I've dealt with that for, you know, 10 years plus. But more and more I'm seeing it with with mums, with 
young people, you know, we're, we're also sticking this badge of honour on these young people, you know, if we can over-schedule our young people and over-stimulate them and keep them going for the better grades, the better sports team, the better performance team, and then what happens is we get, you know, these these kids or, or we achieve these things, but that's not enough and we just move the goalposts and then we've got to achieve more and so we continue to be on this treadmill of busyness, of multi this multitasking platform. And it was last year... I met a, a professor at Stanford, Cliff Nass, and I was at a, a TEDx, which is a, a conference, and he he was speaking at that conference, and his claim to fame is around multitasking and how he was commissioned to study how leaders particularly, why they were so effective in multitasking and what made them stand out when it came to the multitasking platform. And it, the research that he did turned multitasking on a on its head because what he discovered through the research and what the what was evidenced and revealed was that multitasking actually makes you less effective across every platform of your life. And so there's a lot more research now out there that says that multitasking is actually a myth and the, the most effective thing that we can do is, is single tasking, so focusing on the task at hand. And yet what occur, what is occurring out there, particularly as technology takes over, is that we can be on multiple platforms now. You know, I'm sitting here on an interview with you podcasting and I could have five platforms open underneath, you know, as a layering. I could have my emails open. I could be checking Facebook to see how many likes and posts I've got. I could be on other social media platforms. I could be on, um, you know, eBay trying to buy a book at the same time. And what we... What we do, well, what we've done is we've become distracted and we've become addicted to distractions. And so particularly for our young people, we can't even pay attention to the people that are before us. And we all would have had this experience where you're talking with someone and they've got their head in their screen scrolling or you're listening to someone on the other end of the phone and you can also hear them tapping away on their computer or... And so... It's taking, it's dragging our attention away and really, particularly when it comes to our social media platforms, you know, we're so hooked in with trying to stay plugged in and hooked up with our two million closest friends and followers, we lose the capacity to be attentive with the people who really count the most and they're the ones that are standing before us. And I I feel really sad we're in this socially and scientifically backward experiment with our kids where we're over over scheduling and over stimulating them and then we're medicating and numbing them down to try and resolve this cultural attention deficit that we've created and we're fueling every single day and so that's why you know that's one of my passions and at the core of my life's work is to get out and get people paying attention for long enough so that they just make better choices and I'm not really I'm not attached to the choices they make. I just have a deep knowing and a trust that when people are, are paying attention, they are, they just naturally make better choices, particularly when it comes to themselves and their relationships because when we're paying attention, we, we harness and liberate the energy of compassion, kindness and em- empathy and empathy is the social glue. And, you know, all too often we see humans causing others human suffering and it's it's mostly because... We don't. We're not walking in another another's shoes because we're so distracted by what we think is more important. 
and like you touched on that distinctly there with how this is affecting our relationships. Could you um, explain, you know, this whole distraction and multitasking, not as only affecting our relationship with like our children and our partners, but it's also affecting our relationship with ourselves and with, you know, setting goals and achieving them? Yeah, well, you know, it, it's amazing. And, and you would see this every day, Nicola, that what we tend to do is we tend to, um, when we're, because we're marinated in, in the hormones of stress constantly. And so, and we don't give our, give our bodies and our minds and our systems a chance to reset because we're constantly distracted. And so we're in this low grade marinating, this slow cooker of the stress hormones. And so then what we tend to do is we overeat, over drink, over medicate, overreact and generally overconsume just so that we can check out long enough and wake up the next morning so we can do it all over again. And you would see this in it with your work every single day, I would imagine. And so this constant um, addiction to our distraction just means that we don't get a chance to build pathways of delayed gratification, for instance. And that's one of the cornerstones to us being able to achieve our goals, to um, whether it is our goal weight, our goal fitness, our um, relationship goals, our life goals, our work goals. If we can't pay attention and focus to the, on the task at hand and be able to delay gratification and, and understand that, then that is going to mean that essentially we're always going for the easy road and the, and the, and the fast track. And it turns out that our, our capacity to pay attention is like a muscle and if we don't use it, we lose it. And so by being constantly distracted and allowing ourselves to be distracted, we get addicted to distraction and we become suckers for irrelevance. And so then we go, you know, we've got, um, we, we end up searching Google, looking for, with our symptoms of our aches and pains of, of our overstressed and overscheduled worlds, and we end up with all these conditions. No, and, that, and it's actually now, it's now a condition, a mental condition called cyberchondria. So if you think hypochondria on steroids, it's um, cyberchondria. So we get out and we get, we just distract ourselves through our social media platforms, through the internet, through online, so that we don't have to pay attention. Because when we have to pay attention, it's actually like a mental sitter. And it takes and requires effort and discipline, just like exercise, Nicola. <laughs> I just love this. It's awesome. So I, I've got, I'm just constantly doing mental sit-ups right now. It's just that whole, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so how yeah. does someone retain focus? Well, it's really easy. That we, the, the, work, the work that I use with, I, I use an acronym called Pucker Up. And it sort of comes from that, you know, the analogy of the three-second kiss. And the three-second kiss, by the way, is something that if in, in if you're in an intimate relationship with anyone, if you think about the kiss hello and the kiss goodbye, you know, that ritual that, that, that many of us have, if you could hold that kiss, three seconds is a really long time when you're holding a kiss. If you could hold that kiss for three seconds, what it does is, is it just uh, calls energy back to the moment. So instead of kissing goodbye or hello on the run or kissing, you know, goodbye as you're making dinner, it's that the, the pucker up principle is the P stands for pause. 
So you're momentarily pausing. The U stands for unplugging. So you're unplugging, and that doesn't mean just from technology. It means unplugging from your thoughts, unplugging from cooking the dinner, unplugging from whatever you're doing, and connecting, which is the C, with kindness, which is the K, which is a cornerstone of mindfulness, and exchanging in the moment. So that's being, you're able to feel the exchange with that other person, whether it's a kiss, a hug, an eye contact, just a conversation. And then the R stands for rest. And rest just means resting your awareness in this moment. So when we get to rest in our awareness in the moment, it, it's, it's at that moment that we get to relax and liberate our energy for other things like uh, creativity, our learning centres. We cool down our stressed out, wired out system. We're calling, um, we're, we're calling back all the, the energy for healing. Our body begins to get marinated instead of in stress hormones. Our body gets marinated in the, in the hormones of, of bonding, of love, of compassion. And all of those things that are turned off in our stressed out responses. And then we're able to reawaken and open up the pathways for things like kindness and compassion and empathy. And as I said, that's the social glue that bonds us to other people and which is so, which is being depleted. And we have a deficit of that based within our current lifestyle. And, and what that does when we're able to liberate all those energies to answer your question, the relationship that we have with ourselves, the relationship that we have with our stress, because stress is not the problem. Stress, we need stress to move us forward. We need stress. Stress can be our friend, but the relationship we have with stress is unhealthy. And so when we can cool off our sympathetic system, which is our stress system, and call back the energy of the parasympathetics, which is all of our bonding hormones and our happy juices, then the relationship that we have with ourselves is far more uh, balanced and effective and kinder and then we're able to expand that to, towards others in our relationship with others. Does that answer the question? Yes, beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so being mindful and like so many people, you know, they'll start new fitness regimes or start new nutrition plans and can you sort of explain how not only does being mindful help with you know the fitness nutrition as much as it does with the the entrepreneur and and the corporate world like just getting yourself really in the moment yeah so it's it's amazing and as i said you know the birthplace of particularly the short form um, pay attention practices was through this downsize me program and the one thing that that we that i knew that if i could get people to pay attention they'd make better choices for a for a better towards a better version of them whatever that is and i'm i'm sort of not um that it's not that i'm not interested for want of a better word i'm not interested in what they do i just know that when they're, they're paying attention when they're mindful they just naturally make better choices because we've all experienced it you know those days it's, it's that those days when we think oh i wish i hadn't have said that or i wish i had said that yeah. that's our mindful self I wish I hadn't eaten that little bit of chocolate cake or, or that. I wish I hadn't inhaled the contents of the fridge last night. <laughs> That's our mindless self. Our mindful self is when we can reflect on that. So what I encourage people to do is be mindful 
in preparation for particularly for their day and, and when it comes to exercise and uh, our diet particularly and the life conditions that we have around those preparing for our day is really important and I know that you've got some amazing programs when it comes to being able to you know prepare your food properly and prepare, prepare your exercise program around your busyness rushing life and I think that's that in itself is a pay attention practice being able to get up in the morning and have a morning routine which includes some breathing it includes some gratitude you know gratitude is one of the one of the cornerstone markers for long term happiness long term success and long term uh, fulfillment across work across our our personal health and and well-being so you know how we how we feel about ourselves and our, our long-term relationships. So being able to be grateful first thing in the morning, getting up a little earlier than you think you want to, um, getting that device out of your bedroom. If you sleep with your phone beside your bed or um, hideously underneath your pillow, as some people do, aside from mutating your brain cells, you're going to be you're multiplying your chances of destroying your relationship and you're multiplying your... Um, your desire and your addiction to staying in bed for longer in the mornings. And when we stay in bed for longer in the mornings, the one thing that often takes a hit is our huffy puffy exercise, Nicola. Is that right? (laughs) (laughs) Sure does. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, it's that whole, like, um, it's coming back to that. Everyone's just too busy with no time, but it's everybody's got the same amount of time, so it's how you set your days up and, I'm a huge, huge believer in just routines and just. And we don't, we can't credit our time. That's, I mean, that's the thing. I, I when at the moment that I recognise that actually I'm not, you know, I hear people say I'm time poor. Well, you're no poorer than I am. Um, and we all have, you know, if there's one thing that we all have equal amounts of in a day, you know, I'm not talking across a life, but in a day that we all have equal amounts of in an hour, in a, a day, in a minute, is. We have an equal amount. A minute for you is exactly the same as it is for me. How I use it, though, will determine how my minutes in the future. So it's, it's, it's that do something in this minute that your future self is going to thank you for. And if that's breathing, if it's making a good choice about your food, if it's gazing into someone's eyes, you know, one of the, one of the most amazing pay attention workouts that we can do is eye contact. And guess what is depleting because of our online automated screen frenzied lifestyles is we don't, we hardly have eye contact. You know, Nicola, you and I, if in a, you know, 10 years ago, you and I would have to be sitting doing this and we'd be talking with each other and interacting and having eye contact with each other. We don't even need to do that now. No, totally. It's so, so. If, if there was one thing that you took away from t- today is you could have 10, at least 10 pay attention workouts by just having, maintaining and using that pucker up acronym, pausing in the eye contact, unplugging from your thoughts and actually connecting through with kindness in a gaze and then exchanging with the other person and resting your awareness in their eyes and that could be two seconds. You can do that in two seconds if you need to. And just holding that for long enough to make that exchange 
That's a pay attention practice. And what that does is it's strengthening. It's a mental sit-up. You know, I don't do sit-ups for the sit-ups. I do them because it helps my core in, in my normal daily practice. So you don't necessarily do pay attention mental sit-ups or workouts for that moment, although in that moment you, you, you do liberate a lot of energy. You do it because it's strengthening your capacity to pay attention in those moments where you're more likely to be distracted. So every time we um, do a mental sit-up, whether it's an eye contact, a three-second hug, a three-second kiss, just some breathing, every time we do that, we're strengthening our capacity to pay attention in our more stressed-out moments. And when we're paying attention in our more stressed-out moments, we still make better choices because we're still able to liberate that energy towards the greater good whatever that greater good is for you and and I'm not you know I'm not here to philosophically tell you what that is I just know and trust that we're wired for love connection and compassion and when we're paying attention all of those things are available to us that's mm, fantastic and so when so just giving some people some real practical sort of um, scenarios to say, you know, had dinner and they know that they've got something quite delicious in the <laughs> in the fridge and that, that they shouldn't be having or in the pantry. How does someone quiet in their mind away from that? That's that's a really easy one. What most people do is is and and there's a whole there's a whole science of this. So it's I I want that piece of cake, and you say, well, no, you're not having it because you're not having it, and so. The, the, the saying, no, I'm not having it, is denial. And the brain hates denial. And so the, the brain goes, no, but I need that piece of cake. And some stress hormones start to take over. And then within a few short minutes, your system has taken over. And now, if you don't have that piece of chocolate cake, you're going to die. The craving, it's, it's the craving. The way that we can um, at least delay that is merely by changing no, you're not having that to a not yet. So if I want that piece of chocolate cake, and, and it's interesting that you, that you mentioned chocolate because chocolate is my guilty pleasure. And so if I've got chocolate in, in the cupboard, which I try not to have, but I, I feel like that's one of my mental sit-ups, the challenge, and so I say, well, you could have that piece of chocolate, but what we're going to do first is we're going to have a cup of tea and we're going to do some reading and then we'll talk about that piece of chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> and so just delaying it. And the longer I can delay it, the less likely I am to want it. But equal to that, I'm strengthening my, my capacity to make choices that are closer to the better version of me. So I'm not strengthening my willpower because willpower isn't willpower is finite. You can't actually strengthen it. You have a limited amount of it, and if you try and um, get stronger in your willpower, you you ultimately fail. And so it's and that's why that's why we many of us are better at the beginning of the day than we are at the end when it comes to eating or exercise or you know 
today's going to be different. I'm going to eat just live healthy food. And then by the middle of the afternoon, it's like I'll sneak in a little. I just need a sweetie treaty, you know, to give me some energy. And then by five o'clock, we're inhaling the contents of the fridge. No, that's not me. Of course, that's not me. (laughs) Stop it. Get out of my head. How is our supply then? Willpower fatigues very quickly. And if we rely on willpower, we're doomed. So. The, the, the number one easiest thing when it comes to our cravings is just delaying. If you can delay, and, and that doesn't mean that that you, it's sort of a similar principle to the day off. You know, in diets, you often have the day, you know, your loose day sort yeah. of thing, yeah. Yeah. which says, you know, you can't have a treat now, but you can on day six or whatever. And it's a similar principle to that because what it's, what it's, allowing you to do it's it's allowing you not to create a fight between the chocolate cake and you i'm not saying no to the chocolate cake i'm just saying not yet i'm saying i'm going to have a cup of tea i'm going to do some reading or i'm going to do some breathing and then we'll talk about the chocolate cake and because you've you've done something to strengthen your um, mindfulness and call and and liberate energy and most of the time what you're not feeling like the chocolate cake you're feeling like you want to check out because you've got a little bit of stress going on. And so you just want to dump your system with something to allow yourself to check out for long enough so that your body can reset. But then your body resets because you've dumped it with chocolate or you've dumped it with a distraction of social media or you've dumped it with a fight or you've dumped, you know, so it's not just a food thing. Um, some people just dump it with getting chronic fatigue. Yeah. And so they, they, they stress and burn their adrenals so much that they just have to physically check out. Mind the, the body does powerful things to teach you a lesson. <laughs> yeah, well, and the body, because the body, the body is, an, is designed to be amazing and aims for this thing called homeostasis, balance. It aims for balance constantly. And balance means that we have a synchronicity between the parasympathetic, which is our cooling, calm, beautiful system, and our sympathetic, which is our fired-up, adrenaline-based system. And so we need a balance between those two. And the hormones that those two systems innovate the body to re- and the brain to release create different responses in us and we need stress stress you know if we didn't have stress we wouldn't move forward if we didn't have stress i wouldn't be able to you know you wouldn't be able to person be a, a personal trainer and get your people moving in, in the right direction however the stress response is designed as exactly that a response a short-term response to a threat or a danger or an awakening or a, or a situation or an opportunity Yet most of us constantly live marinated in a, a, a low-grade form of stress. And so stress is designed in short bursts. And, and so it's that, yet yeah, we get the adrenaline boost and we, you know, jump up on stage and do a talk and then get off and we can sit and relax and be at ease. But if we have that stress system turned on constantly without creating our mental sit-ups or, or, or what I say, you know, those pay attention workouts to reset our system constantly, then 
we live in a low grade, we have a low threshold. And so we jump in the car, we drive down the road, somebody cuts us off and we're screaming and yelling out the window, abusing them. And it's, it's sort of like, wow, where did that come from? So we can go from zero to total rage because we've got low threshold to this um, balance in our system. And we haven't trained ourselves to be more temperate in our, our rhythms when it comes to that. And we just get very reactive because of the stress hormones that are sitting there just waiting in our system. So, Ken, just to finish off, um, you talked about how people would, you know, stop reaching for food. So then how, does it, how do people then find the motivation to exercise? That's that's a great one, and that's probably that that's one that I um, tend I can grapple with. However, it's just that what we know is exercise creates happy hormones, and it is amazing when you get up and get out and just start moving, how that creates a shift. And so I always, and it comes back to those short bursts. If you know, if you're going and thinking I need to go and do my hour workout or whatever it is and, you, and you're just not motivated to do that, put your exercise gear on and, and make an agreement with yourself just to go out and walk for five minutes and then reassess. And you'll be amazed at how that just takes some pressure off and, and just releases, releases the charge, that inner struggle. Yeah, I know I don't want to exercise. I don't want to do those big weights today. I'm going to put my exercise gear on. I'm going to get out and move my body for a bit, at least warm up on the treadmill or go out for a walk or whatever it is that you, you might have been doing anyway. I'm going to start that and I'll reassess it in five minutes. And I've rarely come across someone who doesn't do that and then go and do their workout anyway. <laughs> Um, and I find that in my own life, you know, I haven't got, because we all, we're all into justification. I haven't got time to exercise this morning because I've got this, 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 and this. Knowing that the actual truth of that, and you would, you would, if, if, um, you would tell me, you would get on the phone, Nicola, and go, Vicky, get your ass out of bed and get and do your exercise. You'll be more effective across all areas of your day and your busyness if you get out and move your body and get huffy puffy and lift some heavy things. You'll be more effective. Do it. So if I can't channel my inner Nicola, then I'll say to myself, just get up, put your exercise gear on, go for a bit of a walk to freshen, you know, to blow the cobwebs out of your mind, and then you can reassess it and come back and get into your busy day. When I do that, rarely do I not then follow at least part of my exercise plan for that day. It just It's enough to flick the switch to get me moving without having to be, you know, to rely on my willpower, my grueling discipline to get me doing that one-hour workout. So that would be, the, you know, one of the, the in-the-moment things that I do. But outside of that, merely by doing your eye contact, you know, you, you pucker up, applying that pucker-up principle to your eye contact, applying that um, to your three-second hugs and your three-second kisses, um, Breathing, just you know, that nice deep breath in and a long, slow breath out. Whenever you think of it, through that 
pausing, unplugging, connecting with kindness, engaging and resting your awareness in this moment, just doing that for a couple of breaths whenever you think of it. They're all mental sit-ups. They're all mental pay attention workouts that are then strengthening your capacity to pay attention in those moments when you're more reactive or you're overjudging and or you're you, you know you're you're wanting to hit the snooze button or you're wanting to inhale the contents of the fridge you're just going to be a a whole lot more attentive to those cravings rather than being controlled by them if you're strengthening your capacity to pay attention every single day as a, as a regular ritual practice i mean even things like brushing your teeth with your opposite hand is a pay attention practice it it's building your capacity for mindfulness because you've got to pay attention if you're brushing your teeth with the opposite hand or you'll end up with the toothbrush up your nose versus brushing your teeth normally that's when you're off thinking about the fight you just had or you should be at the dentist or what about this or the work you know the the deadline you've got and you're brushing your teeth not paying attention to it i love that <laughs> just imagining a toothbrush going up my nose yeah well it would <laughs> if you didn't pay attention if you were brushing it with your opposite hand exactly hey now just you are coming to tauranga yes i am coming to tauranga which is very exciting next uh, the 19th so a week's time on the 19th of july we've got and some people might be already be aware we've got tedx We've got TEDx Tauranga um, coming on the 19th of July and I'm going to be there talking like Ted. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's very exciting. I was invited a few months ago um, to apply to speak and just a couple of weeks ago I was given the, the green light and so I'm very excited to be sharing the pay attention um, principle and why our future depends on it is the, the talk title and there are some other amazing speakers, and I have to say, just in secret, I don't even know whether I'm allowed to say this, but there, there are a number of other speakers that I am so excited to be um, going and listening to. And so if you haven't got your tickets already, jump online and get them because TEDx Tauranga is going to be amazing. And the tickets are really reasonable. You get to meet some great people. Uh, I think you're going to be there at some point. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'll head on down. So I'll put underneath on this post here all the details of where that is and where they can get tickets and what time you're on and all those sorts of things. So that would be, I'll hunt out all those details. And if people wanted to jump onto my website, vickikelly.com, up the top there's a banner that says pay attention here and that's basically 24 ways that they can, um, little practices and ideas and tips and tools that they can sort of scroll across and have a look and it just gives you ideas on, on how to pay attention. That's brilliant. I'll put all those links too and if there's um, any others, like your Facebook page and things, I'll put them on there as well. So just to finish off, mm -hmm. what would be your final words of wisdom that you, you know, for somebody who's wanting to be the best person that they can be, what would be your take-home message? My take-home message would be you already are the best person that you can be and by waking yourself up and pay, being able to pay attention to the moment, you get to experience yourself as the best version of you possible. Oh, that's almost a quote worthy. Really. <laughs> I just love that. It's true. I've seen it. I've seen it in thousands of people and it's, and that's why I say, you know, I'm not that, 
it's not necessarily that I'm that interested in in um, that you know what it is you're going to do. I just have this absolute certainty that we all we all have the best version of ourselves available to us, and that that better version is more available when we're paying attention. And as I said, I see it and I know that people experience, have experienced it in themselves and they will get to experience more of that when they're able to, um, yeah, practice their their pay attention mental sit-ups. Thanks so much, Nicola, for having me on your show. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, just... I feel like I could just talk to you for hours. So many questions. Oh, <laughs> you're such so an, uh, oh yeah, I just love all this kind of stuff. It's awesome. Well, anytime. I, I, I'm always, um, always up for a chat with inspiring people like you. That's fantastic. Hey, well, thank you, listeners, so much for tuning in. If you have got any questions about this episode, please don't hesitate to get in touch. Otherwise, we'll be talking to you really soon. The materials and content in this podcast are there to educate and to inform. There's no substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. Instead, I encourage you to discuss your options with your healthcare provider who knows your condition and your health history. Guests who speak on this podcast express their own opinions, experience and conclusions. Nicola Riley encourages you to make your own health care decisions based on your research and in partnership with your qualified health care professional.